One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, lay down, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the ordinary. Our conversation will be less than stimulating so that you can feel free to just drift off. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. And I'm your co-host, Nidhi Kana. Marco. Oh, oh, look at that. That's the first time that we've... At the same time. We've uh, both... Had... uh, What is that called when two people talk at the exact same time? I don't know, but we'll find out by the end of this episode. I was just going to say, and I'm sorry to take the step forward and, and, and lead the conversation, but I had a great day today. I hope you had a great day as well. I did. What was so impeccable about your day today? It was just great to see some friends of mine and just, you know, when you have a sunny sort of day, and I'm not talking about the weather, but I'm talking about uh, one's disposition. It was just one of those days. How was yours? What was so great about yours? Mine was a standard day. Okay. But um, it was a pretty good day. I have no complaints about today. Marco, today I was actually looking up um, our podcast on SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. And it seems that we have some followers out in Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, that's a place I've always wanted to... um go to and before the Olympics as well as a it's a place that's always caught my eye I guess I've always wanted to know what Utah is like and so Salt Lake City being I guess one of the principal cities like what what do you know about uh, I believe it's the state capital okay. if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. um, but I do have a few trivia facts about Salt oh. Lake City that I found Quite interesting. I'd love to hear it. So, you have some of your standard fun facts. Like, Mm -hmm. it is... um, The state of Utah is the largest consumer of ice cream per capita. You're joking. Which is a little (laughs) counterintuitive, considering the winter uh, months and the amount of snow and... uh, 
See, that, that makes sense to me because if the winters are harsh, when you get a summer, you enjoy to the fullest. And I believe that uh, Salt Lake City, there's a lot of outdoors ac outdoor activities to do. And so what better way to end a day of fun and frolic than with the cone of ice cream? That's true. Um, did you know that um, because of its climate, it being, I think, the elevation that it's at, oh, sure. plus the fact that it's a desert climate, I mm -hmm. believe, uh, the snow that's produced um, in the mountains of Utah mm -hmm. is actually quite powdery. Really? So for any of our listeners who are skiers or snowboarders, um, it's actually one of those great destinations that, that people who engage in those activities would want to go to but even further before there was mm -hmm. skiing and snowboarding as a tourist Utah and Utah was positioned as a tourist destination mm -hmm. it was an area that was um, had a lot of Mormon pioneers oh I see and the state bird is actually called the uh, California gull Okay, like a seagull? Yes. Okay. Do, you, do you have any thoughts on why it might have been called, the why the California gull is the state bird? I'm going to guess, and this is just going to be a stab in the dark, that the California gull, which you would assume has relevance in California, migrates to Utah to spend the summer or the winter. Well, probably not the winter, but that's going to be my educated or stab in the dark guess. I think uh, you're on the right track there, okay. Marco. Um, it's because when the Mormon pioneers first arrived and laid down their crops, the mm -hmm. crops weren't doing so well. Ooh. But it was the California gulls that arrived and swooped in to eat the beetles that were ruining the crops. Wow. And they saved those early pioneers from starvation essentially isn't that isn't that neat well i will say this i would love the opportunity to record one of our podcasts on top of a chalet on a hill in salt lake city watching the skiers go down powdery snow while you and i enjoy a mug of hot cocoa and marshmallows that are fluffy and white how great would that be marco that sounds lovely and i'm glad that you said um a mug of cocoa right. because while it is easy to find a drink in salt lake city or utah in mm -hmm. general contrary to popular belief mm -hmm. because there is a long-held belief out there that it's a dry it's, it's a, a dry state pretty dry straight mm -hmm. However, if you order a cocktail, mm -hmm. they have to mix it behind um, a, a wall or a curtain, and it's known as the Zion Curtain. Oh. Um, and it's meant to keep the mixing of the cocktails outside of the general dining area so that people are not influenced sure. into procuring cocktails when they shouldn't be. Well, I certainly prefer my cocktails be, to be mixed behind a curtain or wall. I think that's the way they they taste the finest. I will say that. Well, I do want to say 
a special thank you to our listeners in Salt Lake because I don't think we would have talked about it had we not seen that we have these wonderful listeners from Salt Lake and we encourage them to let us know more. Absolutely, and we would never have found out that birds have the right of way on all Utah highways. So if you are ever passing through Utah, Mm -hmm. now you know. There you go. We'll have to let our Canada goose know when it's down in Utah. There you go. Spending a summer of summer or winter that they have the right of way. So frolic on the highways, I guess is what I'd say. (laughs) Marco. You were um, talking about my water bottle. I was, and I was just about to say, because I saw you grab your water bottle Mm -hmm. just now, and it it made me laugh, because you uh, are very particular about the type of bottles that you will drink your water out of. What do you look for in the perfect water bottle? That's, that's... Well, first of all, thank you for noticing and not laughing in my face. I don't know what you find so humorous about this particular water bottle. I just find it, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it fits you very perfectly, but there's just something about it that makes me laugh. To me, it looks like copper. So for me, it's a mm-hmm. copper water bottle. But my wife said, why do you have a rose gold water bottle? To, like is that what I you know what now that you've said that mm-hmm. I think that's exactly it it does look like a rose gold water bottle and maybe you know what it is mm-hmm. it's that it's so chic right it's a little not that you aren't chic right. but it's just so I don't know not your personality okay well uh, we'll have to take a picture of me drinking out of this water bottle so people can tell me if they think it's copper or rose gold. What attracted me to it was that it was a monocolor uh, and it looked like copper to me. And so I found it to be quite a, I don't know, interesting and eye-catching water bottle. I used to have, so I like to drink out of metal bottles versus plastic. So I was just going to ask you that. I think you read my mind there. Plastic versus metal. I think when you can avoid the plastic bottles as much as you can. And if that means you have to carry around whatever, whatever reusable bottle you can, that will always be my preference. I'm not a fan of the plastic water bottles that are ones that you can refill sometimes I'll, I'll have a glass you know sometimes you can buy water or artisanal water in glass bottles for example you know the have you ever seen a Voss yes. water bottle yes. I'll often you reuse those over and over and over again until I accidentally drop it on a hard surface and it cracks into a million pieces but I find that their bottles are shaped so well and I find that they are stylish and I find that they are easy to drink from. So that is my, if I'm anywhere in the world where I don't have my own water bottle, I will go and I'll seek out a Voss bottle of water 
obviously drink the water that's in it, and then use that while I'm in whatever city I am as my water bottle. I find with the Voss bottle, it's also very easy to grip. Mm-hmm. So the di- the diameter of the circle is yes. not too large that your hand can't grasp it, grasp it mm-hmm. regardless of the size of your hand, right. which is um, a little different than many other glass bottles, I, I find. For example, like a Perrier or something that exactly. has a, a wider base, yeah? Exactly. I will say I have a very sad tale about a water bottle if you are interested in hearing so I used to work for a travel company that would um, you could travel all over the world and I was their guide in Italy so I was a tour guide and they had these beautiful oh I can't remember the name of their water bottle SIG SIG water bottles that they would emblazon with their logo and so Butterfield and Robinson was the company I worked for, and they had this beautiful water bottle that they would give to their travelers, and it had like an old design of a guide who was wearing like shorts, and it almost looked like laid hose, and if you would, and uh, I'm not one for logos on shirts or items that I I have. But there was just something so beautiful about this water bottle. And I would, I just loved it. And I, I always drank water from it. And my wife took it one time. Uh-oh. And she needed a water bottle, so she took it. And somehow it fell under the car. And I don't know what she did. You'll have to ask her. But she decided to run over my aluminum or my metal beautiful sick water bottle so it ended up being flat like a pancake and it was really one of one of well i don't know she was trying to remove it from under the wheel of the car and she decided to use the car as its mode of i have no idea but she not only did she destroy my water bottle but she flattened it like a pancake (laughs) And uh, well, next time I've have... never loved a water bottle more <laughs> than the one my wife ran over. <laughs> and I'm glad this it's on this podcast so that it lives forever uh, in the world. Well, next time we have Amanda Barker on as a guest host, perhaps we'll find out her version of that story. Please, I invite you to ask her. Because and, I feel like there's another there's side to this. However... I have to say, Marco, I'm not a big fan of the new mm-hmm. water plastic water bottles that are collapsible. The ones where... They're less rigid, they're more... Um, yeah, they, you find them... You know, I actually saw one in a bookstore the other day, but it's... So it folds, basically, so that when it's empty, it doesn't mm, take up any space. I see. Yeah. But then once you fill it, it... Um, I see, yes. The volume of it expands. It's kind of like a, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, you know those freezies that you used to get as a child? And so it's kind of like... It's exactly like that. Yeah, it fills up in the plastic where the freezy... I don't know if that's the proper term for it. I'm sure there's people listening to the podcast saying, what's a freezy, right? 
But um, that that just leads me to now we both live in Ontario. Yes. And a lot of people find this strange, but we here in this particular province of Canada have milk that come in bags. Yes, and I know where you're going with this, Marco, because you're absolutely right. Anyone who lives outside of Canada, yes, because I think it's an overall Canadian thing. I don't thing. think it's an all the, we all had the them in Quebec. We had them in Quebec. Yeah, I feel like it's not. Oh, really? Yeah, I could be wrong, but hmm. uh, um, and the idea of getting milk from a bag seems mm-hmm. very unpalatable to many people. So it's, a, it's, a, it's milk in a bag. It's like a liter of milk in a bag. And you have to... And it's a a very a wiggly bag. I don't yes. know if I'm uh, describing yes. it, it right, but it's a... a <laughs> I don't think that's the best way. It can easily slip out of your hands. Right. So you have a milk bag holder. Yes. And the milk bag holder's shape is actually a little unintuitive to fit the bag because the bag itself when it is at full volume is almost is a rectangular shape right and you're supposed to put it in an oval shaped milk bag holder and um for those of you listening who are puzzled right now the milk bag holder kind of looks like a water um, jug. It, like a water jug, like like the one that you use to water plants. What do you call that? Uh, a watering can. A dealer's plastic watering can. It has that kind of feel to it if you chopped it in half-ish. This is the best way for me to describe something that we use every day that the rest of the world just shakes their head and doesn't can't get their mind around. Now, Nidhi, did you ever have the little blade that would cut the tip of the milk yes. bag yes I did have that um, however I usually just revert to good old scissors mm. See, because the I... blade never worked for me I'd always lose it although sometimes they would have a magnet yes. in the back so that you could stick it on your fridge right we never had one and I always wanted one of those things really yeah I did I don't know why as a kid because we would I get very frustrated so here's another interesting thing I can't believe we're talking about this, but um, you know when you cut the bag, if you cut the bag lower, so you, for those of so for those of you who don't, if you could just picture a bag of milk in a, I want to dedicate this particular part of the episode to Michelle Miracle in California, who found this to be very strange, this whole milk bag scenario. So. once the bag is in the milk bag holder, when you snip the tip, the pouring side of the bag, mm-hmm. and if you snip it further down on the bag, you're in trouble. The milk pours out really, really fast. I like to clip it or snip it towards the very top so the milk pours out really slowly. Now, I'm just going to stop you there for a second, mm-hmm. Marco, because my pet peeve. It's also when the milk bag is cut too far forward so that it's only a small amount that gets out. There's right. there's a fine Slipping balance. Line. Yes. Yeah, there's I a fine balance and you need to know 
you need to eyeball it mm-hmm. so that it's not too snipped, snipped and sure. not and well I don't even know how to explain what that <laughs> the end of that sentence was going to be right. but it just needs to have the perfect snip and so um, that is one pet peeve the second pet oh, here peeve we go. I have with the milk bag yes is that if you don't put the milk bag into the holder um, yes, in I a know, correct I know. angle mm-hmm. or with the correct amount of... Like if there's too much milk settled at the bottom and the bag expands too much, it won't correctly go into the holder. And what ends up happening is that it gets stuck. And so you have... Um, a bunch of empty space at the bottom of the holder yes. before the bag gets in and you can't shove the bag into the holder completely. And you, you, it's problematic because should you cut the milk prior to it getting all the way down, you got a slouchy bag hanging out of your milk bag holder and thus milk will spill from the slouchy bag. And I would just like to say that if our listeners are not yet in a relaxed state of bliss mm-hmm. or sleeping I am hoping that milk bags mm-hmm. will have done it I love a cool glass of milk there's nothing like a nice cold glass of milk when you need a refreshing drink and you don't know what to have I disagree see fair I disagree mm-hmm. I find having a glass of milk quite palatable mm-hmm. and I understand now let me digress okay having a glass of plain milk with Yum. nothing really see that's just I can't it what has to have something in it like dunking cookies in it or no, you need I mean like like a cold coffee or a cold chocolate milk right or no a cold milk even with honey or you know, Marco, mm-hmm. for our friends back in Utah, right? did you know that you are supposed to drink milk in Utah? It's well, like something that is required by people there. What do you mean? I, I, I'm not sure, but I would like to, in one of the fun trivia facts that I mm-hmm. found, it said that there is a requirement for everyone to drink milk in Utah. Now, whether or not that is... Upholded. Upholded or completely accurate. I guess upheld is why you would say not upholded. Right. right. Uh, listen, <laughs> you didn't have your milk today. Listen, I, you know, prior to this episode, I had a fondness for Salt Lake City. Now, knowing that, I am destined to go there because I love milk. I love to drink milk as it is. Cold, with nothing in it. Uh, Nitty seems to think that milk needs a shot of Bailey's in it to make it palatable. See, that would be actually... That, that would be a good drink. Well, I think that's like the basis of a white Russian or something. I'm not exactly sure, but... Um, certainly, um, for me, a glass of milk on its own with cookies. Have you ever had an S cookie? No, what's You've that? never had an S cookie? It's a, it's an Italian cookie. I don't even know if it's an Italian cookie in Italy, but it's certainly an Italian North American cookie. And it gets its name from 
the shape of the cookie, which is looks like the letter S. And it's just a, you know, it's, it's about four inches long, uh, an S, and it's the perfect cookie to dunk in milk or coffee because it's got a bit of strength to it so that if you dunk it in a hot drink, you have like a second before it'll crumble and fall apart. But an S cookie also uh, absorbs enough of the liquid that it's dunked into because it's a very dry cookie on its own. You've never you've never had an S cookie, Nidhi? Uh, maybe I have and just don't know that it's called that, but this reminds it, me it, of... It can't be called anything but an S cookie because <laughs> when you see it, you'll be like, okay, I get it. I'm, I'm going to get you an S cookie. Thank so you. you. I would love to try one. And uh. this reminds me about how much you clearly like dunking things into your milk because you do the same thing with your panettone. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really a five-year-old boy <laughs> um, because it's true. I do love any sort of like anything tasty that you can dunk in milk. I'm all over. Hmm. I even bought straws one time and, and these weird straws that you can get once again at the dollar store. Well, a place where all great things happen. And within these straws is little balls of chocolate. And clearly they were made in China or somewhere where, probably who knows about this particular product, but as you drank through these straws, so they were, they were such that the, the balls of chocolate could not go through the straw, rather the milk would be infused with the chocolate as it went through the straw. So let me get this straight so that I understand right. correctly. Okay. You dunked dollar store bought straws, straws in my milk with questionable chocolate yes. into your milk. Yes. And drank the milk through the straw, hoping that the little balls of chocolate would infuse the milk with a chocolatey flavor. It was just not the case because the, <laughs> the balls caused a lot of sort of resistance to the milk coming up the straws and once they once the milk came up the straw it was not infused with chocolate flavor but rather a almost chemical that flavor of sounds of, about yeah, right yeah so needless to say i did not I think they were called moo straws, to be honest with you. Moo straws? Uh, and I think that's the noise you made as you tried to digest <laughs> what came on the straws. Anyways, that's my little story there. Well, good to know. I also noticed that you don't take milk in your tea, Mitty. Not unless it's um, black tea, like an English oh, breakfast or something like that. But if it's not black tea, then no, I won't Let's take see. milk in it. I like to have cream in my... Tea. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I was having a discussion with someone the other day about this very topic. Um, people who put cream in their tea. Really? And what was the result of that conversation? That it's an odd thing to do. Well, there you go. I do it because it doesn't require sugar if you put cream in your fermi, cream in your tea. Fair enough. Well, we hope you dress your tea however you like and you enjoy this particular episode. And we'd like to say that we hope you listen and sleep. As always, we are produced by Drumcast Productions, and this episode was recorded 
in Toronto. Until the next time.